0: RCFM Sport with Guinness Bar, home to Mayo's best range of bedroom and bathroom supplies. Well the news came through this week of the GA deficit of 34.1 million euro a colossal figure considering 2019's revenue was over 70 million euro it did seem to be an association that had its finances in the right right direction and with the government involvement in the Games Development Fund, their debts also had reduced. Unfortunately, considering the way the world has turned with no fans in the stadium, it has become increasingly difficult to fundraise and that's been seen throughout the grassroots level with the GA clubs as well, feeling the pinch of this pandemic. Well, to discuss this, I am joined on the line by Shane O'Donoghue. Shane, very good afternoon to you.
1: Thanks for having me on.
0: Is this something that kind of maybe people are left scratching their heads, kind of wondering, you know, this ultimatum that has been put out there by the GAA, the head honchos there, who state if there is no government funding and another matching of that shortfall that will be missing, they can't run off this GA season and we will have no real entertainment from our our native sport. Does that feel like something uh, that... Rubs people up the wrong way, Shane. Or, or what are your thoughts on it?
1: I I think what's it called the GEA. personally, I think they're just a bunch of crybabies at this point. Yes, they need money to run it, but last year surely they have to have saved from money from saved a bit of money from COVID. Like you can say they lost money. Yeah, they didn't get ticket sales, but they also didn't have to pay for the running of facilities. Surely they had to drop a few staff. Costs would have been down. So personally, I think the the GEA just they're they're over exaggerating what they have and they still made 3.7 million i think just under 4 million from um from ticket sales which i don't understand where that came from they got 400,000 i'm pretty sure from the department of foreign affairs like there is still income coming and the amount of money they're looking for at this point is it's just absurd yeah in
0: 2019 their income from gate receipts was 36 million That reduced all the way down to £3.6 in 2020, as you mentioned there, Shane. It is still quite a a not-so-insignificant sum, and we are hearing where it is going to cost is in terms of the lack of redevelopment to Crow Park. They were expecting to redo the seating arrangement that is in both the Cusick stand and the Hogan stand and try and modernise it to uh, the level that you see in, in some of the maybe... English stadiums as well and and further afield across in Europe. Uh, I'm going to ask Stephen to come in on this one if his line is working there. Stephen, can you hear us? Yeah, perfect. Excellent stuff. Just on this uh, financial report, we will be getting on to the All-Stars in a moment. There are significant losses that the Crow Park Stadium is, is going to sustain, but it doesn't look like that's going to change anytime soon, even with a vaccine rollout, it's Still not going to be anywhere near the eighty thousand seater stadium that we've seen before. Is there a lack of imagination, creative thinking within the ranks of the GAA?
2: Uh, it's very hard to blame the GAA for for the way things are, you know, they cancel the stadium. Normally in our Ireland final brings in around two and a half million on gate receipts. Last year alone they had three million, you know. That's it's it's a it's a massive sum just for, for one game alone. It's not it's, it's not their fault, but this is going to be an issue and it's going to be an overriding issue and I suppose I, I don't see it being a problem in the way that there won't be I don't say competitive action this year in terms of intercounty. I do see the problem being perhaps in a year or two down the line that there's going to be more levies put on clubs and uh, smaller clubs more so we're going to struggle that bit more. The levies already for these sort of teams are, are high and if Crow Park are in debt then every county board is going to be in paying back that debt to them. Co-Parks do have their certain amount of staff that they will have to keep. Obviously, you're going to have people on maintenance of the stadium no matter what circumstances. There are going to be people in there making sure things are OK. As for the redevelopment that was going to happen, I know there was some work meant to start the Cusick extend in the not-too-distant future. Obviously, that has to be put on hold when you're in big losses like that the likeliest, the most likely outcome right now is that the government will likely have to give them another subsidy this year. Now, whether the government will be willing to do that is another question, but uh, I don't think it'll affect the games yet, but going down the line, it might have a, a more long-standing effect on, on, on clubs.
0: Yeah, that is an interesting point you raised there, Stephen, in terms of the, a levy being put on to the smaller clubs. We all know about that here in Mayo as well due to the redevelopment of McHale Park has been borne the cost really to, to many of the smaller clubs throughout the county a lot of uh, discontent surrounding that but the GA itself is it a uh, kind of association where you would be expecting maybe some amount of reserves to be in place because in terms of their outgoing expenditure they don't exactly have to pay too many people to, to keep the show on the road it is a voluntary run organisation and if you're not paying staff not paying employees it's going to be a, a much easier ride in terms of getting your finances in order, uh, Shane.
1: Yeah, surely they'd have to have some money put aside over the years. Surely there has to be, I guess, some amount of money that they would have saved up, obviously realizing the COVID times they're in. And they're still getting money from the government, just not the amount of money they're asking for. They can still get money through fundraisers. There's a million other ways to get money. They're just, they're being greedy and they're asking for huge amounts off the government, which I think is just, it's a disgrace if I'm being honest.
0: Strong words, strong words as ever, Shane. But uh, in terms of the rescue fund, I think that that they were the government were were calling it. You know, they were awarded 14 million in direct government support to assist with Championship 2020, and a further nine million from the 85 million total of the rescue fund in sport. So it's it not a small amount amount of money that that is needed to keep the show on the road, and they are looking for for further uh, government support and financial development for keeping a competitive GA championship going look it comes along the line of uh, when we've had a week in which the GA has lost its elite status Stephen and that's something that irked a lot of people at the higher echelons of the sport where they felt when elite fo- elite sport rather can continue that we will be seeing return to the GA championship as was expected unfortunately that rug has been totally taken from underneath them
2: yeah it's it's strange that it's come to this now when this decision wasn't made last year because obviously we had our championship last year and it, the the morale it gave to people during the winter was it was amazing. They were seen as elite athletes and it was seen as an elite sport then so why not now it's there's talk that clubs that are clock clubs but counties are not able to go into these bubbles that you see professional squads do, that they don't all stay together, that they do have normal everyday jobs, some of them are guards, you know, other things that you have to be out and you have to work and then they they can't remain in these bubbles. But if things don't get back to would we'll say somewhat normality soon and then only elite sport can work. The further this gets pushed out, the more unlikely it will be that we will see the split season that we were promised with a county and a club championship. That will be my one worry for us. But you know, losing the elite status is is it's a big blow to the GA.
0: Yeah, it is. It's a huge, huge knock to what we were expecting from the the sporting calendar. Many people had penciled in uh, some some type of national league fixtures to be played around now and then, of course, building towards the Provincials and then an, onto a Championship. The uncertainty is still there. How the GA season will run out, we're yet to receive full clarity on that. Considering where we are at the moment in terms of cases, it does seem to be uh, quite quite a ways away yet in terms of the amount of variance that are coming in, the uncertainty that is around even the most basic of government decisions. It is seeming seem a bit uh, ahead of the curve, maybe, to be wondering about the return of... of GA action and that is just maybe more a sporting disappointment than than anything else Shane if I can maybe move on to the all star awards and moving away from the uh, controversy surrounding the GA finances and, and where they will be looking for further money throughout the next rest of the year if you look through the GA finances you do see that discrepancy of the amount of money going towards Dublin it's a long fabled story within this county we are repeating it for some time but it's been totally reflected within the GA Championship itself and with the All-Star, with Mick Fitzsimons, uh, the likes of James McCarthy, John Small, Owen Merchant, Brian Fenton, Niall Scully, Kieran Kilkenny, Conor Callahan, and Dean Rock all picking up All-Star awards. Is it any surprise they're getting these awards, they're winning these accolades with the amount of funding and support they receive from the GAA itself?
1: Uh, no, look, not really. It's not. It's not surprising at all, the amount of money they're getting and obviously just to get off the funding point of it just to leave it. There is over I think it's exactly eight players or maybe even more. the, the, the whole team is nearly filled up with blue when I saw it. And I seen it. It was it was genuinely a national disgrace looking at it. I'd love to know who picked this team. Oshin Mullin and Killian O'Connor. The two male players that made it into the into the team. And to be honest, like even looking at the Dublin team, these they're getting funding. This is a super team. This is a team that's won six in a row. One of the best teams in the country and I'm not taking that away from them. But ha- you'll have to realise at a certain point, the training they're getting is just its unrecognisable compared to teams like Mayo, com- compared to teams like Cavan. Speaking of, I guess Cavan wasn't the, uh, the full-back number three. Uh, Porek something, I'm not Porik too Fulkner. sure, but play for Cavan. Yeah, Porek Fulkner. He, how did he How did he even make the team? I would have had, there's nearly five other people I would have had ahead of him, but not, obviously not to pick on him. The keeper was fair enough that I found. But uh, I think it's a national disgrace the way Dublin just dominated the team you have to you have to the, the GA need to account for the training and the facilities that they have compared, compared to other teams and I just think it's a national disgrace the way the team is picked
0: Stephen what are, what are your thoughts on the All-Star Awards itself you know Shea mentioned there the two going to Mayo Kevin getting three and they didn't even make it to an All-Ireland final
2: yeah, keeping it more so on the field. I The three cabinets that got there were, personally, I think they were good value for each of them. Certainly certainly the two Galgans in midfield and goal were outstanding. They very much deserve them. Pauly Faulkner was exceptional all year, and I think he was good value for that as well. The issue that I would have with it, fair enough, Dublin got nine. nine you know, it it equals the record with the Kerry team of 81, and I believe the Dublin team of 77 as well. But there was players, and it's been seen in the last few years, I've noticed with all-star teams, players are getting all-star awards in positions that they did not play. James McCarthy was given an award at half-back, despite being a midfielder. Conor Callaghan was given an award at wing-forward, even though he's never, he hasn't played wing-forward once all year. Owen Merchant, likewise, at wing-back, even though he was playing in the full-back line. It, this came two years ago, or three years ago, in 2018. Cullum Kavanagh won an all-star at full-back. Colin Kavner never played fullback in his life, yet he received one. It was he was given that to accommodate him because he played well, but he wasn't the best in his position. But they thought he might deserve it elsewhere. That's nonsense. If you play in your position, if you play well there, that's where you deserve to get your spot. Mayo got two, Cavan got three. I don't see that being right in a way. There, are, I could say argue there's a couple of Mayo players who could feel very aggrieved that they didn't get one. You know, I think Patrick Durkin and Noel McLaughlin two that stand out in the mind straight away but look at it. it's what it is now the, uh, the only good thing is it's nice to see Mullen his first full season with the Mayo team actually receive an award and it's likely that he'll go on to pick up the Player of the Year award tonight as well As for Killian you know his year spoke for itself his All-Ireland semi-final was one of the best displays you'll ever see in Crow Park. he was very good value for it as well to be fair now, there are some Dublin players, the lads that were nominated for Footballer of the Year, Kenny, Brian Fenton picking up his fifth award in six years. That's absolutely sensational. Even Dean Rock would probably have one of his better years. I think he just about deserved an award too. Um, a special word, I think, goes out to Conor Sweeney, who was absolutely outstanding for Tipperary. He he really, really, really grasped the role of a captain. And, you know, we take it back to their first game of the Championship, where he put over a free right in the sideline with the last kick of the game to send us extra time. Had that not gone over, you know, They wouldn't have won their Munster title, and their fantastic story this year would never have happened. But overall, I think there is a sort of a cloud coming over these All-Stars now that, you know, it seems to be swaying towards players who've excelled, not because they've played well in their position, but just because they've done good. They mightn't have been the best in their position, but damn it, they're good enough, so we'll give them an All-Star somewhere else. Normally you see these wing positions as in wing backs and wing forwards just sort of get shoved in for players that might have been good in the inside line but not good enough to make it there. Or good in the full back line or midfield but not good enough to make it there either.
0: Yeah I think that is a very fair point indeed and it is a kind of an upsetting kind of trend in ways that's just kind of shoehorning players into random positions just to accommodate them. And it just seems to be kind of a way of sedating public appetite and opinion for putting these players involved and just giving them an award for the sake of it. Shane, do Dublin fans have a right to feel aggrieved? I know we're talking from the Mayo aspect here but Stephen Cluxon only has one All-Star award in his entire career. Raymond Galligan of Cavan duly getting his first ever award but a lot of Dublin fans are, are quite outraged at the fact that their main man Stephen Cluxon has been snubbed once again.
1: Yeah, look, this is the only time I'll ever agree with a lot of things that you know the Dublin fans say. Stephen Cluxton, one of the best keepers in the in the country currently, most likely one of the best keepers of all time, will go down as maybe the best. And he was snubbed again by a cabin keeper in this all-star team. I don't think that's right. I, I I also I also don't think it's right to force players in the team, but I I have you have to say you have to give Stephen Cluxton a shout. What, he's 30, 37, 38 years of age and he's still performing at the highest, the highest level you can possibly perform at. Le- perform at. Um, he's leading the team, being the captain of the team, leading the Dublin team to six in a row. He deserves the All-Star Award and that's the only thing I'll nearly always agree with, with Dublin. Stephen Cluxton, one of the best keepers in the country, deserves the award, no doubt, ahead of the cabin keeper.
0: Stephen, can I get your thoughts on that? Would you agree with Shane?
1: Uh, no I, I I wouldn't
2: just not, not here I think if it weren't for Raymond Galligan Cavan would never similar to Conor Sweeney Cavan would never have went on their amazing run this year going back to their games in the Ulster Championship he kicked that winning point against Monaghan from 55 nearly 60 metres out had that not gone over they've been talking about Cavan winning this Ulster title you know, going on again, like the following week, they played Antrim. He made two point-blank saves later on in the game. Another game that comes to mind is the final against Donegal. Again, he was absolutely outstanding, leading the team from goal. He, Stephen Clouston can obviously feel aggrieved. He played five games in the championship and didn't didn't have to make one save, didn't concede a goal. And I think just for the fact that he, he, he wasn't as involved as he was seemingly last year, I think he went under the radar slightly. I, I do think that Galligan probably deserved a bit more just for his on-field play and everything like that, but look at when you win North Ireland and you don't get an all-star, it's, it, it is annoying. But the funniest thing about Cluxon, he's won six all-star awards in his career, but five of them were before he ever won a All Ireland with Dublin, up until 2011, I think, which is, is crazy. I know David Clark took two off him, Rory Began another, now Galligan. He's a man that could have equaled the record with nine or ten, but look at his... He's he's got six, he's 39 years of age, don't be surprised if we're here in 12 months' time talking about him finally getting number seven.
0: Yeah, I think uh, sympathy would be hard to come by for Stephen Cluckston in this county anyway, that's for sure. Uh, he's He has the medals that matter at the end of the day and he will be looking on at these ceremonies just as, as a, more of a, I don't know, an ego boost than anything else. Certainly without the Usual fanfare that the All-Stars would have the big reception, the awards, and the foreign trip and holiday away with the with the rest of the team that, of course, will be f- uh, foregone for for this year at least. If we can just very uh, quickly move along to the news that broke this week about Amazon Prime looking to uh, broadcast the GA Championship, and Keith Duggan, as was writing the Irish Times this morning, how well. If Amazon and the G- and the GA do partner up, it would be some sort of dystopian contrast.
2: Yeah, it's it's a, it's an interesting one. I think it's similar enough to the way that their their deal is with Sky Sports. You know, I do remember when that deal first came about, the backlash was massive. How our our national game was now on, we'll say, you know, more or less pay per view television. But five six years down the line, you know people forgot about it, people just get on with it and watch it. Amazon Prime is another streaming service, you know, and really and truly, if if this comes about, you're going to likely have two different subscription services to have to watch your GA. There will be more of a backlash again if it wants to happen. I'm not saying that it won't happen, but you're looking at the way things are, everything, streaming platforms seem to be the way forward, and I just feel it's a matter of time before the GA get involved.
0: Yeah, I think it does kind of point towards something that wouldn't irk well or stand well with it with the with the support of the GA usual public body. You know, it's okay with Sky Sports. I think they did actually a fantastic job when they did show games, and it was an incredible kind of whether we call it a PR move if you're quite cynical to broadcast the GA Championship last season on Sky Sports Mix, their free channel. It was totally free free to air, and that maybe won a lot of people over in the end and thought you know I wouldn't mind getting a Sky Sports subscription or I wouldn't mind them having uh, the broadcasting rights for another few years at least you know from a Mayo point of view too Mike Finnerty on commentary duty is uh, certainly a lot better than what RT have been offering in recent times
1: Shane Oh yeah uh, for oh, for sure definitely we all remember like the the controversy over Sky getting the over Sky getting the broadcasting the broadcasting rights to the GA and it's just going to repeat itself I and mean, it will rinse and repeat itself if Amazon later on in the future if Amazon get it and it will move on. I don't think I think what Sky did actually was very good is the Sky Mix thing that you mentioned and made it free that kind of won over a lot of the hearts as you mentioned. But I don't think Amazon being the huge like multinational company at the air will have any I guess um, sympathy for uh, for the Irish sports and. It, it will just i don't think they'll win over a lot of hearts i think the only the only company that would deserve well actually uh, as of late i would allow i would definitely allow sky as a ga i guess watcher to uh to, to cast it on the however they please but um rt i think i think should be the only uh only company casting the thing because it's an irish sport it's irish run and it should be fully irish run Stephen,
0: what are your thoughts on that you would you agree with uh, Shane's sentiment in terms of not allowing Mr. Jeff Bezos or Rupert Murdoch as sky allowing hands on our lovely native sport?
2: Well, does not at the end of the day. I think it's... <laughs> it. it, it We've we spoken about the GA's financial perils... And realistically, you know, if it comes down to a bidding more for rights over championship games, who's gonna have who's gonna have a bigger pocket, Amazon Prime or T J Cahar, you know, it's it's only gonna be one of them. I'll Although saying that, T J Cahar's coverage of GA, I think over the last few years has been the best there is from any platform. They don't they don't get the championship rights obviously, but they do take the ladies' game and they always have two, or not three games on every weekend, even during the league. You know, I remember when we played Tyrone the follow the last weekend of the season. They couldn't play they couldn't show that game live, but it was on their right player. You know, there was there was on their YouTube channel earlier in the year when Mayo played Mead. I think TG Car will be a fantastic outlet to have it on. The way they showcase games and they, it's fantastic, really. But as I said before, you know. It's going to be where the money is and unfortunately it's not going to be with an Irish-run company like an RT, a Virgin Media or or a TGC or one of these. It's going to be on one of these subscription services.
0: Yeah, and I suppose that is just the unfortunate reality of modern sports fandom. It's difficult, it's getting more and more expensive to legally watch these matches and, and view them from home. You know, Sky Sports subscription isn't cheap Amazon Prime if you're adding that in as well and we're seeing a lot of those Premier League matches being moved over to Amazon Prime. I'm sure that will only increase in years to come. It just all gets a bit more complicated just to sit down and watch the television. You know, going home and being able to flick on RT2 or TGC, as you mentioned there, Stephen, is just so much easier than having to worry about subscription deals and trying to... to keep those costs down and pick and choose which sports you want to watch Stephen I'll go to you oh
2: sorry yeah oh absolutely I mean look at we see we seen this year when the club championship came back, RT decided to dip into that a bit and it was fantastic. You know, there was there was one weekend that Mayo finals were on live that Enoch Moore actually beat Ballon Tupper and just to be able to just sit down on your television and see the straight in front of you on, you know, one of your one of your main channels is great. The reality is, the bigger companies won't pick up these club scenes. And Tijjakaar again do such a, such an amazing job of showcasing club football, and they've done it for such a long time. Now, this has not just been happening for one or two years; this has been happening for the last nine or ten. The way they've been doing things, again, it, it comes down to it. it comes down to money and this and that. And the reality is, it's, it's things aren't going to change for the better in terms of viewership. There's going to be so many more streaming platforms and different outlets wanting games. The reality is, in a couple of years' time, you might need three or four different subscription services. You see it with the Premier League, Sky Sports, BT, and obviously Amazon have games as well. There was a time earlier on in the season when Premier League games were being trialed on pay-per-view, and the backlash in England for that was monumental. It was it went it went down terribly. But this seems to be the way forward. Again, it, it, everything seems to be coming back to money and it's it, it's not a good way to be. But as I said, the reality is these are the times we're in right now.
0: It is, exactly, yeah. That's a great way of putting it, Stephen. Shane, if I can just go to you before we, we wrap it up. You know, we had the taste of subscription-based uh, GA content here in Mayo through Mayo GA TV. It didn't exactly run as smoothly as it had wanted to, I'm sure, whether well, there were issues I think when, when you're in McHale Park in terms of the internet connectivity I know certainly it is not always smooth sailing but the technology is there By every club within Mayo was able to at least get some sort of sound and picture out to their online audience and the numbers are, are quite huge when you're able to offer it for free and it's easily accessed I know within my own club of Laradon we had about four thousand people watching watching a game, uh, an intermediate football championship match. You know, they're huge figures. And then if you think about how accessible it would be for your own club, Shane of Casabar Mitchells, how many people would be willing to tune in to really top level football here in Mayo? And then you would have the the potential, the ability to compile some sort of highlights show where you really showcase all the best scores, the best moments of talent. From the Mayo Club Championship scene, you know what is wrong with showing people more football?
1: Exactly, I fully agree with you with your the latter don thing and everything, and it's just to like kind of restate it. Probably was a bit unclear a minute ago. I have actually no problem with subscription based services and Mayo and Mayo TV. I think it's actually a brilliant idea, especially Mayo TV for um, as you said, watching the latter don game. And me personally, in my own club, Mitchells. I was able to watch the, the county final, be able to watch the minor county final now. But uh, I thought, I think it's a really cool feature. And as you said, the highlight reels, what, this takes one person to hire social media personnel in the in a club. And you get to create this, this I guess, montage of a year. You get to look at all the games. You're giving people access to club games. All, like, it's just, it's authentic football. It's not the county football. It's not the rinse and repeat. It's not... It's actual football. It's uh, Now, I don't mean that thing like county isn't proper football. I'm just saying at club level, it's a different style of football, especially the underage group. And I think the idea that you mentioned of the highlight reel could actually work really well. And it would be a really interesting thing to see implemented into clubs. But what I really just don't want is the, the big MNCs like, like Amazon, like Sky, coming in, taking over, because they don't pay attention to the little details, especially what all those... Okay, I don't mean to be offensive now, but like, what all the the old men and women out there watch? The the GEA they grew up with, going out to the games, and they can't do that anymore. Amazon Prime, they won't show those club games for the older people. In fact, a lot of older people won't even figure out how to sign up to those subscription-based services. They want to be able to go out and see the 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 small games, the Ladderdown games, like you mentioned, the Mitchells games, the, all those club games. That's what they want to see. They want to see the authenticity of that. And that's what, I guess, Mayo, Mayo TV, that's what it offered for those people. And it's very simple to sign up. I actually signed up myself. It, I think it's a really cool idea and it can work really well if it's implemented correctly in clubs and not by big multinational companies who won't, I guess, give a, give the correct attention to.
0: Yeah, I think that is certainly something to, to keep an eye out for. Stephen, you would have had experience as well of your own club in Ballycroy. You know, it's, technology is is there you know It may not be perfect but people do i suppose appreciate the fact that they're able to at least see something and just in terms of connecting to a, a diaspora and it's the same for for every club throughout this county and throughout the country there are people who haven't been home in, in such a length of time that would maybe get home at summer and due to the pandemic it's become increasingly difficult they'd love to be able to to look down at a, a football pitch that they may remember from their youth and be able to watch a game
2: the need was so big this year for something like that you know with the restrictions on crowds and everything it was it, it was so badly wanted but it was it was amazing that we could do it you know Every club in Mayo, I think, tried it in some way, shape, or form. I know Camina have done a radio service, even though it's, it's not video, but, you know, Mickey Kearney was doing commentary for them, and it was outstanding. I know he'd done it for one of our own games, and even to listen back on that after, it was amazing. There was over 2,500 people listening to that, a junior game, a junior championship game in Mayo. You know, when you think about that, it's It's, it's amazing. But even even working with other clubs, not just my own around the place, but a couple of other smaller clubs, the way they set up their streams and whatnot through Facebook Live and different things, it worked fantastically. You know, hundreds, in, in some cases, thousands of people watching games. And as you're right, there was a real sentimentality for people. Just as I was working on one game myself and I could just see the comments coming in, people watching from New York, Sydney, even out in Abu Dhabi. It's amazing. These opportunities would never happen Otherwise it might be a positive that came out of the pandemic. You know, obviously there aren't many positive mistakes, but the fact that people were able to showcase these gains on a on a small on a small on a small level to a big scale of people, it was it was incredible and uh, I hope to see it, you know, go forward if we do get an opportunity to have a championship this year again, to see something similar happen. Because I think the morale it gave to people and, as opposed as the sentimentality to others that couldn't be there and that weren't in the locality at the time was huge.
0: Yeah, it was absolutely massive. And, you know, the, the diaspora is, is a massive factor as well for the GAA. You know, it's meant to be the place where we all belong. It's meant to be as important playing junior football as it is in the inter-county stage. So I suppose giving giving all the players the equal platform, and if every club is doing it, I think that, that ultimately is that's the elephant in the room here. You can't have one club in junior football doing it and then no one else is deciding to put it out because then you have one team who are exposing themselves. Their entire 60 minutes, their entire game plan is there for everybody to view. They feel like they'll be put on a, a lower pedestal uh, or a lower footing come the time they come up against somebody else. Isn't that going to be generally the major issue? You know, Mayo is a county where some clubs... Don't even tweet the name of the scorer when they're announcing the, the tweet uh, of, of who scored for them, just in case that rival clubs will see who's playing well for them. Shane?
1: Yeah, look, that's definitely one of the downsides downsides of this, that the bigger clubs, I guess, uh, will be at a disadvantage. But um, it's just it's just another way of looking at it. There's obviously positives to it as well not not as many when you have smaller clubs i guess looking at say mitchells the bigger clubs who uh who have their games on display everyone can see their tactics everyone can see their the good players how to mark them they can slow the video down they can watch how they move they can analyze it i guess it turns it turns into a bit of a a bit more professional at the end of it uh, at club level but i still think it would be a cool idea if it was if it was just live not recorded it was it wasn't able to be played back it was more just for entertainment purposes rather than tactical purposes for uh, for other teams and obviously if it's going to be implemented in one club it has to be implemented in at least 90% of the other clubs
0: simply yes yeah steven can i get your thoughts on that as well
1: yeah, look. At it's be in, in a
2: in a realistic world. It's not the easy thing to do. But if you, every club was to get on the one wavelength and maybe even try with one system, it would it would make a difference. Because as I said, look at it, you could argue it is a bit of an advantage or a disadvantage to see that I don't know you scored five points in a game, then you're going to be heavily heavily marked in your next game or whatever. But you know, it's sometimes at smaller clubs it mightn't be as easy to get it, but with the right with the right ideas and the right mentality and perhaps with the right system that every club can try and get on board with. It could be something to be looked at in the future to get everyone up on, we say, one system and uh, it'll work very well. I know there was a, a an app brought out, this is a year ago, called What's the Score? And it ran very well. There was lots of club games on it and it came up it it had the scores in the games at time and sometimes it even had the score or the points so it's you know something similar to that but perhaps more on a on a stream streaming level rather than just you know putting up scores and times it could be achieved but again it would have to be as you know shane luton 90% of the clubs and not just you know a couple here a couple there
0: yeah yeah i think that's that's an excellent point it does also maybe allow the the kind of clubs who had a maybe a great day in the past, had a, a large diaspora, you're looking around Iris as well, certainly uh, they would have massive, massive interested numbers in to see how they're getting on. And just in terms of, you know, people phoning home, talking about the football, imagine being able to say to your uncle who's living over in London for the last 40 odd years, and he had seen the same match that, that you were watching as well. And then you can go to sponsors and advertisers and say, look, well, if you want to put your your... Business or your pub or whatever on on the f- the front of our jersey, we had four thousand people watching watching our stream. You're able to maybe at least negotiate in terms of more commercial interest for the local club, and that would maybe benefit those smaller clubs too, Stephen.
2: Yeah, I think it's actually a wonderful idea, especially in a smaller area like, you know, we'll say, Eric, where you've only got a couple of clubs. If, if all of them came on board in the one system, you know, you'd, your viewership would be higher. It just would naturally. It, can, it, it could it could make a big difference to clubs, you know, in these times where you can't necessarily generate a lot of money through fundraisers and this and that. It would be a better way of perhaps bringing in that sort of income through making people watch the game. But in terms of sponsorship, if someone sees it, oh, well, 4,000 people have watched Kiltain play today, well, I'm going I'm going to sponsor them, or I'm going to look to get a advertising board. It it could reap rewards if done properly, and again, if if all clubs are on the one wavelength and they're not trying to do each other out of it. But I don't think that'd be the mentality. I think clubs would would try and try and get on the same wavelength, and I think it could be it could be a very good idea for the future, and it it could be something that can be achieved in the in. in this year if not if not this year then maybe next year but again the right people would have to be involved and the right mentality would have to be there from each of the clubs doing it yeah
0: yeah, it is a interesting one I suppose one we'll be, we'll be talking about again into the future Stephen Grealis and Shane O'Donoghue thanks a million for joining us here on the Saturday Sports Show and enjoy the weekend's action thank you that was Stephen Grealis there from Ballycroy GA club and uh, Castlebar Mitchell's Shane O'Donoghue giving their thoughts on the GAA news and action and of course that Amazon Prime deal is still being mooted around a very controversial one. You would really have to wonder what kind of world are we going towards when um, we're supposed to be shopping local, we're supposed to be ignoring Amazon and trying to to not put all of our money into the the coffers of Jeff Bezos and look at how his, his employment practices have been going, not to mention everything else surrounding how how he has uh, succeeded in business if we're going to be putting our national sport on a subscription-only uh, platform like that, whereas we already had the, the backlash from Sky Sports who did seem to win the people round, uh, certainly certainly won me round anyway, with Mike Finnerty's commentary. It made a huge difference watching those matches, certainly when you're not able to go and see them live yourself. All right, we're going to go to a very quick ad break, and after this... Uh, we'll be updating you on the rest of the scores that have come in from around the grounds. CFM Sport with Castle Bar, home to Mayo's best range of ready-made curtains and accessories. Well, you're all very welcome back to the Saturday sports show here on 102.9 CRCFM We are going to just very quickly update you with some of the scores that have come in from the English Premier League first. It is still 0-0 in the Burnley versus West Brom game. It's very close to full time there. 94th minute currently at Turf Moor, Sam Allardyce's side went down to 10 men after a red card for Semi Ajay at the 30th minute mark. That is a 0-0 there. Burnley and West Brom in the SBL. It's Hibernian 2, Hamilton 0, St. Johnston 3, Motherwell 0, St. Mirren 1, Livingston 1, Aberdeen 1, Kilmarnock 0 and in the English Skybet Championship two results from yesterday Watford 2, Derby County 1 earlier today it was Coventry 2 Brentford 0 and these games currently are almost totally concluded, it's just the 95th minute going on quite some time, Norwich City 1, Rotherham 0, Huddersfield 4 Swansea City 1 Cardiff City 3 North End nil. That's another great result there from Mick McCarthy. He is really keeping his eyes on the playoff spots there with the the Cardiff City side that he's just taken over. Really phenomenal turn of uh, fortune there for Cardiff City under Mick McCarthy. And it is Stoke City two, Luton Town nil, Sheffield Wednesday nil, Birmingham City one, Reading nil, Middlesbrough two, QPR one, Bournemouth one. Bristol City 0, Barnsley 1, Millwall 0, Wickham Wanderers 0, and Nottingham Forest 1, Blackburn Rovers 0. Moving across then to La Liga action, and there is one game currently underway. League leaders, Atletico Madrid, who have barely lost a game all season, are currently 1 0 down at home to Levante. It is very rare to see Diego Simeone's side ever concede a goal but they have been doing so quite freely of recent times so that is quite a fortunate one there if you're a Chelsea supporter Atletico Madrid face off against Chelsea in the UEFA Champions League in the midweek fixtures and before this result many would have expected Atletico Madrid to safely dispatch Chelsea but now it things are looking a bit more complicated than before their defence is not looking as solid as uh, it usually and uh, has has so often been I suppose so that is another quite unfortunate one just in terms of other matches taking place in the English Premier League this evening at half five it's just a half an hour to go between Liverpool and Everton and the team news is in for Liverpool in goal is Alison Becker right back Trent Alexar- Alexander-Arnold Ozan Kabak and Jordan Henderson with Andy Robertson at left back Thiago Alcantara Gini Wijnaldum Curtis Jones Mo Salah Roberto Firmino and Sadio Mane make up the front three and for Everton Seamus Coleman starts once again for Everton you do need your main man and captain at least starting in a fixture like this but it does seem to be a much more defensive Line-out for Carlo Ancelotti's side with Jordan Pickford, that controversial man, starting in goal once again. Seamus Coleman, as I mentioned, at right-back. Mason Holgate and Michael Keane with Ben Godfrey making up the back four. James Rodriguez, Adelaide Decore, Tom Davies, Andre Gomez and uh, Luca Digne make out the five in midfield with the one-man up top, the Brazilian Richarlison as Dominic Calvert-Lewin is recovering from injury and is not fully fit yet he still makes the bench it is uh, going to be quite a tasty Merseyside derby so much up for grabs in that game if Everton win they leapfrog their bitter rivals Liverpool into a continental position after Chelsea dropped points earlier today at Southampton and the final fixture of uh, this day of Premier League action is Fulham versus Sheffield United I think it's the ultimate definition of a relegation six-pointer. I don't think he can really call anything a relegation six-pointer in the month of February, but if there ever ever was one, this is certainly going to be it. Fulham do look to be the only side that are in the relegation zone as, as it currently stands, who look in any way capable of making their way out and surviving for another year, at least in the English Premier League. And then tomorrow at 12 o'clock, it's a London derby. West Ham host Tottenham Hotspur at 12 o'clock. And at 2.05, Aston Villa host Leicester City, while the big one is, of course, going to be Arsenal versus Manchester City, a return for Mikel Arteta against his old club. He, of course, was the assistant manager under Pep Guardiola and will be hoping to put one over on his old employers. And then tomorrow evening, of course, Manchester United... Take on Newcastle United, 7 o'clock at Old Trafford. So that is all we have time for here on the Saturday Sports Show. I've been Cuevian Rowland. Many thanks to all of you for tuning in and listening to our sports show. We will be putting up podcasts of our interviews up onto our podcast channels, wherever you download those. Uh, You can just search CRCFM Saturday Sports. But my thanks as ever to Aidan Crowley for producing today's show and for golf. Uh, for Noel Hobin on horse racing Thomas Mortimer who spoke to us about the Hungarian football uh, issue and in terms of the Premier League my thanks to Jack McDonald and Jimmy Blake of course to Shane O'Donoghue and Stephen Grealis as well really fascinating discussion with those two gents until next week thank you very much for tuning in have a very safe week enjoy the weekend's football and action and stay safe CRC FM Sport with Guinness Castle Bar, home to Mayo's best range of bedroom and bathroom supplies.